This is One Bills Live, presented by Kaleida Health. It's One Bills Live on a very foggy Tuesday here in Western New York. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you. The day after Halloween. Steve, uh, you you got all decked out. You went with the grandkids, so yeah. you, kinda, you were obligated to yeah, I dressed get up dressed. In, we had a little flannel. Some boots carried an axe around. I was a I was a lumberjack, um, albeit a you know short old lumberjack, but still, it was a thought that counts. Big crowd out last night. Spectacular weather. The street was full. We were over an EA, and I mean it was people go. I mean it was like a parade almost. Like they should have shut streets down. Wow, tons of people out. Great weather, uh, and I you know the thing that's different. I noticed this in this generation than when I was a kid, Brownie. Or even when our kids were kids, although it started to turn at that time, it kind of shuts down. Like when it gets dark, everybody's home. Yeah, nobody's out. It's you know? safety thing, I think. Uh, yeah, I know make, parents you know back in the day used to be worried about kids, you know, crossing streets and getting hit All by a car stuff, or something yeah. at nighttime. And you'd have to. I remember what they used to have us do when we were kids. They used to give us those light sticks. Yeah, carry a light with you. And have, sure. those, you know, just have them either hanging off your neck or in your hand while you're walking across the streets. Because, you know, you're crossing streets, going to other houses. You know, you're trying to fill your bag. I got I to gotta be honest with you, too. And I, I don't know if this makes me bad grandpa or. Oh, boy. You know, um, but I was I had the trick or treat beer to carry along with while we were walking down the neighborhood. Is that. This is a Buffalo I, thing, I believe. I I'm sure there are other places wait, where. Wait, wait. I was not alone. Yeah. <laughs> which, which I was like, oh, okay. I felt a lot more comfortable when I realized that. It's you're right. It must be a Buffalo thing. Growing up downstate, I, know I can you didn't tell do you that you didn't do that other places. Growing up downstate, I can tell you unequivocally. Well, first of all, once you were over the age of about ten, your parents just let you do your own thing. Go with your buddies. Yeah, they turn you trick loose, or treat. Yeah. That's not the case anymore. I think twelve or thirteen is probably the cutoff now. Mm-hmm. If anybody, if any kids are even doing it at twelve and thirteen, you know, once you're a teenager, there was like, some oh, out. That's there was not some the cool out. thing to do. There was some out. So that's number one. Number two, parents did not bring alcoholic beverages with them while the kids were trick or treating where I grew up. Now. I'm sure there are other places in America where that probably is the case, but in Buffalo, it is, it is not universal. Well, no, but it is enormously I, popular. I would not have done it had it not be if it wasn't legal in my village, which it is. Yeah. So, and certainly when I was a kid, it was a way different time. Way different time. Yeah. We're talking 50 years ago. They turned the kids loose, and we just went. There was no parents yeah. walking them around. You got and a stuff. lot of walking to do out where you are. Aren't the houses pretty far apart? No, nah, we we drive. We go in the village. My my go kids. In the village. Yeah, okay. we got the grandkids live in the village. I mean, they're in the yeah. they're in the heart of trick or treat. Because I mean, I gotta imagine in farm country, like it's a lot of work just to get another piece of candy. You yeah, know, you got a long stretch between houses. Yeah, you it's gotta, almost not even worth it. The law go, of diminishing returns. You got to go all over town where I grew up. All <laughs> over town. I mean, like, it's like a lot of work. Block after block. You house actually, after house. you yeah. actually need candy from the first house you go to as to provisions s- yes. to get to the second one. You need sustenance for the long journey, <laughs> and that's true. And so that's why now, you know, we drove in. 
our son with his family, they live right in the heart of, you know, trick or treat town, trick or treat town. So we were, we went to them and then we walked from their house around. Yeah, that's a smart and play. And it, it was crowded, crowded. Yeah. I, we have varying degrees of traffic from year to year. It's really odd. Like some years we'll get 40, 50 kids. Mm-hmm. Other years we'll get eight. And then we're sit, sitting there with and, a bucket full of candy. Right. And now how have you, yeah, which right. is not good. Oh, I don't God. want that in the house. Me? Oh, man. I, yeah. You know Fizzle. what I mean? I absolutely. You were in a, food, you were in a candy oh, coma man. last night, weren't you? Yeah. I, so we go out. We do the thing. We come back. And it's early, right? It's like, you know, the, the Sabes game has hardly started, right? Yeah. Uh, certainly Sunday, Monday night football hasn't kicked off yet. The World Series is delayed. Yeah. We're sitting there. So we have pizza. And. You know, the other grandma makes brownies that are oh frosted, which, forget it. And I, like, swill down a couple of those, eat, like, a, a bunch of pizza, and then, well, so it's over. Wait, wait, wait. That's not it. loaded so for the then, week. Right. So then, it's, every, you know, it gets dark, and Halloween shuts down for all the kids coming to the door. So they've still got this half-bushel basket of candy that doesn't belong to the grandkids that's up for grabs for guys like me. Well, then, game, and set, match. And you can, you know how it is. You cherry pick exactly what you want out of the Halloween candy thing. And I'm, it's not even my candy. I'm just, oh, man. I Fistfuls was, of I was in goodness. a coma. Yeah, candy coma. A coma. Sugar high, sugar crash, the whole thing, man. I was like, oh, You're God. bed by nine. I was. I, I was. <laughs> I was absolutely... <laughs> I was a I waste not, of human material. I am not surprised in the least. Oh, my gosh. But I'll say this. I savored every bite because it's, yeah. you know, it's just once a year. And yeah, so and the um, grandkids were out and about. And, and we had co- the cousins were cousins. And yeah, it was awesome. It was really it may have been. I'll say this. Given what happened and how the time frame and early to bed and all that, it might have been one of my most favorite Halloweens of all time was just, you yeah. know, yesterday. It really was. Our neighborhood is starting to turn over now where we're getting younger families kind of coming in. So the costumes, you know, it's cute seeing the little kids and everything. Yeah. Unicorns. Big in your Big neighborhood. Big this year oh, for the for the little yeah. girls. Loving the, uni- you know, the rainbow yeah. horn and the, oh, oh, my gosh, yeah. Unicorns, big this year. Mm-hmm. The funny thing is, I think my wife makes it a personal mission of hers to be known as a quality trick-or-treating house. Oh, quality stop? Yeah. <laughs> we were handing out full-roll sweet tarts. Oh, like the big like ones? The long, full rolls. Now, are they the tiny round ones, or are they the big, fat? Yeah, the round. Well, yeah. the round ones, but yeah, good size. Um, They're like three-quarters of an inch across, then, you, these things no, you're talking No, no, not that. They don't make them that big oh, anymore, okay. I don't right. think. Okay, So it's the ones you used to, you know, some people hand out the little two-pack right ones that you tear open right 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 it, there are those sizes but they're 16 in a roll oh okay and we're handing out full rolls so the best is the reaction after the like you pull out you you got that big plastic pumpkin and you you pull out the full roll of sweet tarts start throwing them in their bags they're you, like you you pull that thing out of the pumpkin the kid's eyes are like popping out of his head like whoa that's just for me holy cow and we got kids turning and 
getting ready to go to the next house. Yeah. They're telling the kids coming up the walkway, hey, dude, good house, good house. Good house. <laughs> my, so the, I think my wife The grandsons pull it out, and they pour their candy out. This three, of course, keeping it very separated. They pour oh, yeah. the candy out. One, a line I don't know where one of them got, only one of them got this, but he got it. It was a, it was a Kit Kat that was the size of a pancake. Wow. It was huge. I don't know where he so got it. Was like it was like an oversized yeah. Kit Kat. So in, what is it usually? It's four sticks, right, on a, yeah, this on one a regular like, Kit this Kat? One, this one was like a na- size probably of a like, napkin. It was probably an eight-sticker. Oh, my gosh. it was. I was like, oh. Yeah. Wow. He was, you know. They have all the different uh, flavored Kit Kats now. they got the oh, vanilla chocolate Kit Kat. They've oh, got, yeah. I think they even have like an orange I'm chocolate Kit Kat, which you can I don't go lot. near it, it, there orange is, it chocolate. It is just we all like candy, and we all have yeah. our favorite. Man, you go in there, and you, it's so fun to just cherry pick, and get the exact kind of candy you want. The Bills mm. uh, did a little video coming off the practice field where they would say their favorite candy into the microphone. Um, I found from the players on the roster, there's a lot of love for the candy you can just scoop up and take a bunch in your hand. You know, like the small piece candy. Whether oh, it's yeah. like Reese's Pieces, that got oh, a lot yeah, of votes. Yeah, yeah, like Kittles, Sour Skittles, Patch Kids, yeah. Skittles, yes. Yeah, 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 I got the, you. you know, the group candy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, I think there were like three guys that said anything close to a candy bar. And two of them were linemen. Surprise, surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, no love for Milky Way, which is like one of my favorite yeah, all-time candy I, bars. That is, yeah, it's one of my least favorites. Is that now an old candy bar, an old man's candy bar? Well, no. I, well, maybe. I've never liked them. Why, what, what's your issue with Milky Way? Somebody else tweeted at me when it I. It seems like an incomplete recipe. Needs, incomplete needs peanuts and caramel in there. That nougat stuff. There is in caramel there. in there. Uh, the nougat or stuff caramel. is just—it's a little bit indistinguishable. There's nothing. So that it's sets chocolate, it apart. nougat, caramel. That's it. Well, it's one more thing than a than a Three Musketeers has. That's just chocolate and nougat. I mean, oh, Milky Way. Milky I'm sorry, Way. I had. A, I was thinking Three Musketeers. Yeah, Three Musketeers. Three Musketeers is the bottom drawer. Yeah. Um, Milky Way is okay. It's a Snickers without peanuts, is what a Milky right. Way is. Right, and I'm not a big. I don't want nuts in my candy. No, see, I'm. No, there's your problem. But uh, <laughs> Milky Way, you can kind of live met my with. Preference, Steve. You can, you can, yeah, you can live with Milky Way, but Three Musketeers is right out. I don't like it. Yeah, Snickers it's a waste is good. Time. The best, the candy bar that I go to that you can't find. It's not. It's not very popular. Is the Baby Ruth, the Babe Ruth bar. Is that that t- is, is that, elite. It's that, elite. That's chocolate, caramel, nougat. Is the nougat in there? I or is it toffee? So. It might be toffee. The, th- but the problem with the Babe Ruth is that the chocolate on the outside, and it's misshapen, you know, it's kind of like. Yeah, it right, looks so, like if you looked at it, you would assume there are nuts. Are there nuts in yes, it? Yes, there, yes are. there are. Okay. The thing about it is. The I never certain type of recipe they use for the chocolate makes the chocolate crumble instead of stick to you know like be gooey. It's not gooey; it's crumbly. Oh, so you have kind of pro- like a Butterfinger. You, it, it's a problem when you yes, it the crumbs are a problem with a bait. So you, the bite sized Babe Ruths are gold. Yeah, because you just pop them. You just pop them in. You don't have to tr- worry about that. But I'll even buy. I even buy ba- when I buy a candy bar. I don't always buy candy bars, but when I do, I prefer <laughs> that one. Yeah. I'm probably Milky Way first, Butterfinger second. That's, that's I like Butterfingers too. That's where too. I come down. On They're the nice candy bar spectrum, but I'm, I don't venture far from those two. Yeah, 
Yeah, they're good. And I'm, Milky Way's frozen. That's a whole different experience. Yeah. Drop them in your freezer, gnaw on them for a while after yeah, you get them out. Oh, my they don't gosh. Come, yeah, they last Underrated. longer. Yeah. Underrated. Very much so. Very much um, so. But I'll tell you, I, I, gotta, I, I will go on record. I hadn't thought about it until we just had this conversation. Last night might have been my favorite all-time Halloween holiday. Wow. Even the ones where I was a teenager and going out and gallivanting. You know? Did you have um, shaving cream and egging yes. incidents when you were? Yeah, me too. Yes, that was a thing. That's not a thing anymore. That's good. We're better for it. Right? We're better for it. I never understood that. I mean. We're better for I it. I had, usually I was the one running from the <laughs> shaving cream bandits. Um, you know, ducking into backyards yeah, and hiding yeah, from yeah, the older yeah. kids that were yeah. trying to cover you in shaving cream. I, yeah. I never understood I'm sure Google could probably help us nowadays. The genesis of the need to spray shaving cream on things on Halloween. Yeah. There's got to be. I, I don't know where that started, but it started in the late seventies and early eighties. Yes. It, it was enormously popular all the way through the seventies. It was. Um, it started probably as innocently as just an excuse to go out, you know, and uh, whatever it turned into that. So. Yeah, but I mean, we were done by seven thirty. Yeah, we were too. We were done, and uh, we were eating pizza and everything by that because it got it gets dark early at this time of year up here. So you know, it's it's nice to shut it down. You know, the you, you speak about the uh, the costumes. One of the costumes I saw, and they're they're getting better because Amazon. You can kind of look at it and see and get every, get the good stuff. My neighbor kid comes over. And he's in this costume where his head is sitting there and you can talk to him and everything. But he's in this, like, alien suit where it looks like this huge alien is carrying him off. Right? Like he's yeah. it's, it's getting kidnapped by an alien. Great costume. And I saw a couple of them out there when I was out last night. Great costume. Really nice. Where it looks like there's two things and there's only one set. Your set of legs is the alien set of legs. Right, right. It's awesome. Awesome idea. And there's a couple of those out there. And then there was, you know, and in EA, over where I live, a couple of yards that attract out-of-towners just to come in and see the decorations where they've got, okay. like, an 8-foot, literally an 8- or 10-foot spider that crawls and lifts up the side of the house. We have around the corner from us, I am not joking, it is a 15-foot-tall standing skeleton. Oh, they had, this one had, we had six of those in one yard. Not an inflatable. Right. Like, oh, I know. That they thing is gigantic. Of, they had this one in a Josh Allen jersey jumping over another one that was, and they had, <laughs> they had another, a third oh, one. Oh, you should have taken a picture down. of they that. They had a third one laying down with an Aaron Rodgers jersey on, and I think a Steph Diggs had like an oh, axe good. over it or something. It was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. That, and it was real close to the the one with the the big eight foot spider crawling up the house with a, a bat flying around the house. Uh, like an eight, an eight or ten foot bat when swinging did, around the house. When did Halloween outdo Christmas oh, for lawn do, decorations? Uh, it doesn't do. It doesn't outdo it in Christmas. You don't think so? Not, not in my village. The inflatables are off the chain right now oh, for so, Halloween. Oh, I have three. I have three or four houses in my neighborhood. There is a square inch of front lawn without yeah. something on it. Yeah. I mean, now, it's like a full blown graveyard. And they, and they don't do the same thing with. There's Christmas? a spider. With, like, an inflatable black spider. I mean, it's got to be 10 feet high. With, oh, yeah. With, you know, the leg thing. Do I they mean, move? It's just, Does it move? In a 
I don't think it moves. No, 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 it doesn't move. And then, but there are other houses with animated things. Right. I mean, it's just. And they don't. In do, the last seven to ten years, lawn decorations for Halloween has reached an entirely yeah. new level. I mean, but I'm I'm surprised you don't think it's. It, Christmas doesn't do the same thing. Well, in the uh, yes, people do that for Christmas. But, but I say this: you're there right. are people that are all Halloween in on Halloween. Has certainly closed the gap, no question about it. People it's love unreal. Doing it. Yeah, like yeah, you're right. I had a guy on his front lawn two weeks ago. <laughs> he is constructing something like a shed, haunted house thing for <laughs> whatever like yeah, okay. skeleton guy he wanted to come walking out of there, and then he had some other ghost hanging off his tree. It's people put a lot of work in. Yeah, I, and that's only uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm just not observant, but it seems like it's really taken off in the last seven to ten years where people go all out just as much as they do for Christmas on Halloween now. Yeah. I mean, some people just like getting scared or like scaring other people. I don't. I, we got people with stuff jumps out behind things. Like this guy had this thing where you come up the front walkway and there's a thing on the front lawn facing the, the sidewalk and the street. But when you walk by, it's motion activated and it does a 180 and it like it. It's a lot of work. I know. People Uh, love that stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Pretty good stuff. It is good. But I think the the Halloween. Halloween, I think the the rain stopped. It is coming. It is closing the gap on Christmas. But I'm telling you what, there are some absolute nut Christmas things going on. But it was a beautiful night last night. Great. You know, memory-making weather. Gosh, it was great. Yeah, it was people good. People sitting out. At, it's going to be people, a good week, I guess. Instead of, a lot of people in my village, instead of sitting in their house and waiting for the doorbell to ring, they just sit out on the front porch with a big table and throw the candy on, and the kids come up, and they say hi, and they, the honor they system, greet each yeah. other. Yeah. No, no, no. Oh, they no, sit there they and watch, and they greet them okay. and say hi. They just don't make them ring the doorbell. Yeah, we had to open the door before the doorbell rang. Otherwise, mm-hmm. my less-than-intelligent dog goes <laughs> ballistic. So... We we headed that off. In most the past people just most sat instances. out on their lawn. It was so well. Nice. It was a nice enough night so to do nice. that for sure. All right, good good chat there on on the Halloween that was in 2022. We have to get to a more important discussion on trade deadline day in the NFL, and there have already been a couple of big deals. Um, first and foremost, the one that happened just before we came on the air here: T.J. Hawkinson, Detroit's tight end and former first-round pick. Mm-hmm is now a Minnesota Viking, an intra-division trade in the NFC North. He goes to Minnesota in exchange for a second-rounder in 2023, a fourth-rounder in 2024. Um, And then coming the other way was a fourth and a conditional fourth. So the Vikings give up a second rounder this year, a fourth rounder next year. They get Hawkinson and a four and a f- conditional four over the next two years. So that that's not a bad haul for the Lions in exchange. Um, surprised the Lions couldn't pry a one. I guess it's a tight end. You're not getting a one. Well, they got a, the end. conditional four. Uh, it was a conditional four, conditional three. So um, I get it. Hawkinson's a good player, but he he. He's not as physical as you'd like your tight end to be in the run. He's game, a pass catcher. Kind of he's a pass catcher. He's not quite. He's not quite. Um, you know the guy in Miami, but he's not that light. No, no, no. He can block a little bit, but he is. 
He was Lions' leading receiver in receiving yards, right. second in catches. So the the Vikings and tied for the team lead. Think about it. The reception. Vikings are kind of pushing their chips to the middle of the table. Yeah, they are. They got Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, KJ Osborne. The offensive line is improving now. They got T.J. Hawkinson. They lost Irv Smith. They're tight the end to an injury. He's going to be ankle. out a while. So, but think about it. When he comes back, now they can run. But they Ooh. still they still have. Kurt Cousins pulling the trigger. We'll see. Well, he's good for them, though. Hey, he's good for 4,000 passing yards every year. You know, wins are another story. We're going to get a look at him in two weeks. Yeah. And the wins aren't a problem right now for them. They're six and one. And with the Packers dropping another one to the Bills this past Sunday night, they're probably feeling pretty good about themselves. Yeah. I mean, what do they have? They've got like a three game lead, I think. In the division. Maybe it's four. Uh, the, Check the standings. I got it right here. Their standings really are, they're doing good. NFC North, Minnesota, six and one. The closest team is Green Bay at three and five. They got a four game lead in the lost column. They ain't going to lose that division. They're, they got, they could play 500 ball and coast to the division title the rest of the way. Yeah. Seriously. They win three more games, it'll be enough. Yeah, it'll be over. They might be the first team to clinch the division. In the whole in the whole league, they, yeah. If they keep on keeping on, well, every other yeah. race in the NFC is tight, and then in the AFC, everything's pretty tight there too. Nobody's tight, got more yeah. than a two game lead in the loss column. Yeah, the Vikings are four games ahead in the loss column in the sorry NFC North. So yeah, they're I six can see and one, what, and the Green Bay is three and five in second place. God. Is that a – and Detroit's 1-6. and six. So they know they're not going anywhere. Right. And according to some of the NFL national reporters, they're saying the Lions are not done. They're, they're trading some more, yeah. They're looking to move maybe some DBs off their roster. They didn't say whether it was a corner or a safety, but they're looking to do that. The big trade hap- that happened yesterday took place right after we went off the air, Steve. Chicago sending linebacker Roquan Smith right. to the Baltimore Ravens. For a two and a five next year, and linebacker AJ Klein, formerly of the Bills, who has been on the Ravens roster primarily as a backup and a special teams player, he goes to Chicago to kind of fill their line, fill their linebacker void a little bit. So, in the span of I think about five days, the Bears have unloaded Roquan Smith, and they unloaded uh, Quinn, the pa- Robert Quinn, the pass rusher. So, there you go. Uh, a defense that hasn't played too badly for the Bears this year, just lost two of their best players in the front seven. They do have a boatload of draft picks and about $123 million in cap space next year. So with new GM Ryan Poles in place there, hired this past spring, the rebuild is underway in Chi-Town. I don't know. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, that, two of your favorite teams, Steve, that division, are uh, that active in that, trade. They are what deadlines. they are. <laughs> Chicago and Detroit have traded places in third and fourth place in the NFC North for the majority of the last two seasons. decades. Yeah, uh, the four, five decades. Even with the eighty-five, all the way back to the eighty-five Bears, they have traded back and forth between third and fourth in that division. Yeah, and it has not changed, and it's not going to change. I'm sorry. Yeah. You can have $123 million in cap space, and you can have all those draft picks. You're still going to stink mm-hmm. for whatever reason. I don't know, you know. Yeah. So, 
Meanwhile, on Monday Night Football, the Browns continue, continue their up and down ways. They're down one week. They're up the next week. They're down one week. They're up the next week. An inspired rushing performance against their in-state rival, Cincinnati Bengals. Nick Chubb runs for a couple of touchdowns, and the Browns absolutely annihilate the Bengals 32-13, to and I don't even know if it was that close. The Bengals did not have Jamar Chase, who's going to miss about a month or so with an injury, and they look different without him, that's for sure. I don't know what's happened to the Bengals' defense, which was a pretty good side last year. They don't look the same, and they lost their top corner for the season. Chidobia Woozy out for the year after tearing an ACL in last night's game. So the Bengals are in trouble here. Um, they're losing important pieces, and they don't have a ton of roster depth. And Joe Burrow did not look like Joe Burrow last night. No, their offensive line was an absolute mess. And now Cleveland has got a front that can make you look that, even a good offensive line. If you're struggling at all, you're done. Joe Burrow, and we've always said, you know, sometimes he holds on to the ball. He gets out of it. He gets rid of it third fastest in the NFL on average. The problem is this. Jamar Chase is out of the lineup, and they become a different offense when he's out. And all of a sudden, there's a little bit of a drop-off there. I don't know why there is, though. I mean, T. Higgins is a good receiver. Absolutely. Tyler Boyd is a, probably a top-five slot receiver in the league, and Hayden Hurst has not been bad for them at tight end. Like, yeah. what the heck's going on there? You got Joe Mixon at running back. Like, what's the deal? Well, that's a, that's a really good question. I, I just – well, they can't run it consistently. Their offensive lines, like I said, has too much to do with that. And last night, they got hit in the mouth by a Browns team that showed up to play big time at home. A Monday night, you can, and Bills fans would understand this, Monday night at home, first time in a while, with a chance to win against a division opponent. And Miles Garrett out. took over the game. Miles Garrett flexed last night. And he doesn't even need to flex. He's got arms the size of tree trunks. Forget about legs. Yeah. Those guys, I mean, they played, the Browns played really, really well. And Jacoby Brissett showed out. And so. Steve's prediction way back in the summer that the Bengals were going to be a one-off is looking Better and better. Well, they're four and four. The Browns are still three and five, but four and four after coming off a Super Bowl, you'd With expect your top a corner and your top receiver are not going to be in the lineup. Yeah, for the foreseeable yeah. future, that's that's an issue. It is. It's going to be an issue going forward. They're, the Bengals are zero and three in their division right there. That's oof. oof. That is a bad tiebreaker issue. Yeah. Not to mention they're two and three in the conference. Yeah. So they're sitting. Behind the Ravens and just ahead of the Browns, who got them, who nicked them last night. So we'll see. Yeah. So the Browns now, I don't think, have they played each other twice yet? I'm trying to remember. They might have uh, them already. I'm going to check real quick. But Yeah, you check. Well, I'm, um, that's a, but that is a pretty tight division right now. No, they have not played. This was their first meeting. They play again in week 14. All right. So they're going to have, and, they got a bye coming up now. And Deshaun Watson will be up back or on the, the roster do. at that point. The Browns get go to a bye this next week. So, hmm. That's a tight division with those top three teams. They're separated by two games. Yeah. The Steelers are, are, they are not going to be in that. Not this year. They are not going to be in Interestingly that Interestingly enough, the, the Cincinnati Bengals play Carolina this week coming up. Then they're on a bye. Then they got the Steelers. Steelers, Titans, Kansas City, Cleveland again. Oh, I mean, the Steelers not a big deal, but I don't know. Titans, Kansas game? City, mm -hmm. Cleveland with Deshaun Watson. 
He could be dead and buried after that yeah. second Cleveland matchup. Yeah, I don't know that because I don't. I don't think Cincinnati has it this year. They don't even look like the same team. I told you. You did say it. I told you so. Well, I'm trying to give you credit. I I said what you you said in the summer. So let me say it. I told you you so. You were on that. You were on that. I don't want to say I told you so, but I'm saying it, and I want to say it, and I've been waiting to say it. Well, there it is. So you've said it. So I'm going to blurt it out. (laughs) Our discussion today deals with today's trade deadline and your Buffalo Bills before we get to that, we want to remind you that Around the NFL is presented by Kaleida Health, the official health care system of the Buffalo Bills. But today's discussion topic for you at 803-0550-1888-550-2550, the NFL trade deadline is at 4 p.m. today. Do you want the Bills to make a move? And if so, what is it? You can make it specific as you want, or you can just say, I want them to address this position Here's where I think they could go get some help. However you want to frame it and is fine. Just make main, it realistic. Yeah, let's make it realistic. Yeah, we're not, I don't want get, we're, not, we're not acquiring Miles Garrett for a bag of footballs. That's right. We're not going to get Saquon Barkley for a seventh in 2027. <laughs> Be realistic. Fair, fair, fair ask, Steve. Right. 803-0550, the number to get on board, 1-888-550-2550. Second hour of the show, we're going to have the Hall of Famer Thurman Thomas coming in. Got some interesting things to discuss with him, including just how joyful he was exiting the stadium on Sunday night. Did you see that? Uh, we're going to share that with our I MSG did. viewers and we, our radio. They listeners say it's as well. him. He could he could dispute it and say, "Hey, that wasn't really me. It's just a guy in a Thurman Thomas jersey." But I'll go on record saying, "I know the guy, and it looked like him. Yeah, shaped like him." Not to mention, his <laughs> wife was the one who tweeted it. So exactly. there's a little bit of a problem there. When you've been yeah, uh, implicated, could be, it was his evil twin. You've been implicated by your significant other. Mm-hmm. Um, so we look forward to that conversation. Also, going to have bandits, uh, bandits, D man Frank Brown joining us as we begin here on November first, Native American Heritage Month. It's an NFL initiative as well. So we look forward to talking to uh, Frank coming up in the second hour of the show. As well. We have to take a break here, but when we return, it is time for your phone calls and your tweets. Do you want the Bills to make a move? And if so, what is it? Let us know at 803-0550. It's Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. The Buffalo Bills and Ad Pro Sports are teaming up to award varsity head football coaches with the Coach of the Week Award. Week 9 winners in the Buffalo region. Section 6, Pioneer Head Coach Jim Dupre after he led his Panthers to a 10-7-6 win over Albion in the first round of the Section 6 playoffs. That was a squeaker. In Section 5, the Rochester region Coach of the Week is Brockport High School's Scott Nugent as his Blue Devils overcame a 14-point deficit to pull out a 34-21 win over West Arondequoit in the first round of the Section 5 playoffs. Each Coach of the Week winner gets a $1,000 grant from the Buffalo Bills and Ad Pro Sports. We have a trade alert, Steve. Trade alert. With just over two hours remaining before the trade deadline, the Chicago Bears are at it again, except this time... They're making an acquisition. The team that has thrown Robert Quinn and Roquan Smith overboard has now, according to multiple reports, 
acquired Pittsburgh wide receiver Chase Claypool for a second-round pick. Your thoughts? Yeah, I'm thinking that's good for the Steelers. I don't know how good Chase Claypool is. He's big. He's not very fast, but he's big. Looks like Tarzan plays like Jane sometimes. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit, yeah. And, uh, well, we'll see. Uh, Chicago gets a guy that's it's a big-body receiver uh, for fields, and they get a little better offensively, sacrifice a little bit on the defensive side. But um, second-round pick's pretty valuable. Chase Claypool was a second-round pick himself. He was the 49th pick overall. So, Oh, here we go. Chase Claypool, a year and a half left, uh, and a fifth pick. So the Oh, there's additional compensation. The Steelers send, send Claypool a and a five. Claypool and a five. For a two. For a two. And I still like that for the Steelers. Oh, wait. Here's the, here's the deal. Essentially, they flipped Roquan Smith, half year left on his contract. Well, you're, you're – they're combining the all Chase the pool. trades. Yeah, into Chase Claypool and a fifth-round pick. So they got their second-round pick, did the Bears, back that they gave for uh, – that they got for Roquan. Uh, Roquan. They got the second back. So does back. that mean they're using the Ravens' second-round pick and not their own? Flip through. Because well, they got a two and a five right now from those the Ravens the yesterday. Right, but right now those those picks are about the same. Chicago's three and five, and Baltimore is five and three. So you're right; they got a worse second rounder than they would have been getting. Hmm. How about the NFC North? Hot and heavy here. The T.J. Hawkinson deal between Detroit and Minnesota, and now uh, the Bears. Maybe they acquiring sm- Chase Claypool. Finally getting. They're finally and getting five Green Bay. Two. They're finally getting Green Bay out of the mix at the top of the division. They see a wounded animal in the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, yeah. How come the Packers aren't trying to acquire a receiver? Uh, maybe they were. Mm. They might have. They might have. I think I heard mm. that they 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 got more from the they got more from the Bears than they did from Green Bay. They received the, they got a better trade offer. Oh, because the Steelers were in talks for Claypool. Or, I mean the 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 pack pack was yeah. yeah. So we'll see. Um, All right, interesting. Let's see if the day is done. It clearly is not. It's interesting because last year, if you remember, Steve, there were five trades in deadline week, basically from last Tuesday up to this Tuesday. There were five draft week trades, but there were mm-hmm. no trades on deadline day right. last year. And now we've had two. So look at that. We've got some action flying around here, mostly in the NFC right? in terms of acquisitions. But in any event, good to have some trade moves happening here today. Texans, and also here's another one. Tre- oh. uh, wide receiver Brandon Cooks of the Texans. He is not at practice, and, oh. there, and there is some speculation. Their reason is they don't want him to get hurt during practice because he's going to get traded imminently. Perhaps the most traded wide receiver of the last 10 years. He's mm. played for four teams. Yeah. Well, it couldn't be happening again, and he's well-versed in taking a day off mm. because he's getting traded. <laughs> um, <laughs> Cooks, he's been traded to the Patriots, the Rams, and yep. the Texans during his nine-year career. Traded three and times. And he was a fourth-round pick of the Saints. Yeah. He's played for four teams. That's amazing. Yeah. And he might be on the move again. Wow. And he's a good player. 
How, what? What? That's got to be a personality. What's the deal? Got to be his personality, you right? Think so? Well, I'm guessing. I'm guessing so. Excuse me. I don't know. I, Where did you see the fifth round pick going back to the Bears? Did you see that somewhere? Uh, Who had that? It was. Uh, hold on. No, 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 no. That wasn't going back to the Bears. That was what they their total two trades for the Roquan Smith and the Chase Claypool trade, one out with picks and one in with picks. At the end of it, they oh, still got a second. Yeah, the sum total of the two trades. I got you. That was not extra So the Steelers just gave up Claypool and got a two. That that's was a right. straight up trade. That's exactly okay. right now. That's exactly right. Thanks for right. clarifying that. We are asking you at 803-0550, with the trade deadline approaching. Do you want the Bills to make a move? And if so, what is it? You let us know. Got an open line for you, but we're going to go to the phones. And leading us off today is Brian in Buffalo. Brian, what do you got for us? You're on One Bills Live. I got a thing for Steve what we did last night because we stayed home and gave candy out. But we also gave him a small cup, the adult, I'm saying, with apple cider and a shot. Yep, we did. I had some. And there's some people doing that too. Fireball, fireball. apple cider. Wow. Yeah, they were giving they were giving out uh, treats to the adults. Yeah, we we used to have people in our neighborhood that were handing out six ounce splits. You know those little split cans. <laughs> they were handing those out to the adults, but you had to say uh, trick or treat and go Bills to get one. Yeah, so. go Bills. There you go. And my question is, do you think that uh, they're going to move for safety? You know, veteran safety back there, especially because they don't know what's going on with Poyer. Yeah, yeah. it wouldn't be a bad idea. Um, we don't know anything about the Poyer injury. Coach McDermott addressed it yesterday and said they're still evaluating it. If you saw some of the slow motion film for that, it didn't look good. He kind of stuck his arm out as he flew at um, the receiver for the Packers on Sunday night, and his arm bent back awkwardly, and it's that same elbow that he injured in training camp. Not the same injury, though. I'll say this. With the the current state of the Bills roster, certainly you're worried about the depth at safety because now Poyer's hurt for the second time on the same elbow, different injury, uh, in the same year, in a year where you've already lost your starting safety in Micah like High. For the season. For the season. So it kind of does give you pause thinking about, okay, we need some depth there, no question about it. Here's, but, but here's what I would say, and maybe it'll happen. And if, if you're thinking about a trade, that's kind of where I would think. And maybe and maybe some people want to get a home run hitting um, running back or something like that, a big-time name like a Christian McCaffrey or a Saquon Barkley or something like that. I doubt that's going to happen. But here's what I do think might happen. The Bills roster, such as it is, it would be my thought that some teams would want to trade with Buffalo. And if Buffalo wants to get a safety, the other team would be asking for one of the players on Bills roster rather than draft picks although draft picks might be part of the equation. You might get a, a team like saying, hey, we, could, we think a little bit more of Isaiah Hodgins than you do. He's not going to get on the field for you. He will for us, that kind of thing. Or how about this kid, Shakir, is going to be good for you guys. Maybe you're ready to get rid of Isaiah McKenzie. Maybe we'll take him. Th- those kind of depth moves, guys who have been up and down out, off the active roster, st- stuff like that, might be – part of the equation for a Bills trade. I think teams would pirate their roster rather than their draft picks if the Bills are interested in a player yeah. on the team. I mean, a, a guy that is out there that I think the Bills should take a look at, and believe me, I don't know anything because 
it's like Fort Knox upstairs. Um, you know, they keep things close to the vest up there. We don't know anything about any conversations they're having until some of these national reporters put it out there. But, I mean, Dean Marlowe is a guy that the Bills really liked here. They had him all the way back in Carolina, Sean McDermott did. Right. He was here for, I want to say, three seasons. And then he moved on in free agency to Detroit last year, and he's playing for Atlanta right now. He's only 30 years old. He's younger than Poyer and Micah Hyde. He would be valuable depth behind DeMar Hamlin and Jaquan Johnson because if Poyer can't go this week and is out for an extended period of time, they're down to three safeties. It's Jaquan Johnson, DeMar Hamlin, and Cam Lewis, who just got shifted to the safety position this season. Not saying he's not capable, but he's, he's learning on the job literally right. every week. And I would think that they'd want a little bit more depth there perhaps if, and this is a big if, if Poyer is out for an extended period of time. We don't know that, but he just hurt that same yeah. elbow again this past week. If he's going to be down for a while, I like Dean Marlowe as an option. I'd yeah, be all you over could, that. You could, you could see it happening. Say, for instance, the Bills really like Justin Murray, the guard tackle, who they've had up and who's actually active for the game the other day, and Dave Quessenberry. And they want to, and they want to trade one of these guys who is, has, you know, Questenberry played for Spencer Brown. But if there was a scenario where one of these offensive linemen, like a Bobby Hart or, or like I said, Justin Murray or Dave Questenberry, or they like Justin Murray better than Bobby Hart or whatever, the offensive linemen they've got on their roster and their practice squad, they might get poached or traded to a team that's desperate for offensive line help for a better quality backup safety, like a Marlowe. Like Atlanta may like their like one of the Bills' offensive linemen. That kind of thing. Um, but draft picks are the currency that teams love to deal in. But I think a roster as deep and as quality as the Buffalo Bills is, I think there are some teams who would like a player, yeah. you know, like a player instead of I get player it. for player, instead of player for draft pick. Yeah. We have to take a break here. When we come back, more of your phone calls on trade deadline day. Do you want the Bills to make a move? And if so, what is it? You let us know at 803-0550. Open line for you there or on the tweet sheet at One Bills Live. We're back in a moment. Stay tuned. All right, the biggest gift presented by the New York Lottery, Steve, from Sunday night's game against the Packers. Fourth and one, Packers ball at the Buffalo 26. Aaron Jones, Steve. Watch Von Miller on this as he takes his right tackle. Boom, drives him back. He blows the entire play up. That right there is a money down. That's one of the things that people forget there are certain plays that mean more than others, and a third, fourth, and short is one of those. I know we all get geared up for it, but you got to play in those games. And Von Miller absolutely destroys the right tackle. The right tackle, and then Taron the Johnson play. and Demar Hamlin clean up and bring Aaron Jones and right down there, for a turnover on downs. That was a game set match. That when the Bills took over in that situation, the Green Bay Packers were functionally out of time to get the ball enough yeah. times to get back in that game. They scored one touchdown. Uh, in the remaining time, but they didn't have enough series um, to to score enough points to win. And that was basically it. That was the biggest gift presented by the New York Lottery. Um, Brandon Cooks is having fun with the trade rumors, Steve. 
For those of you that live on social media, go find Brandon Cook's Twitter page. He is retweeting and liking every single trade rumor involving his name. He is not at Houston practice today. So that is being noted by Texans beat reporters. Uh, If he doesn't get traded, though, Steve, that's going to get awkward in a hurry. Eh, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, it will. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's liking and retweeting every trade rumor that's got his name connected with another club. And as we know, he's been traded three times. Maybe he knows he's not getting traded and he thinks it's funny because he's been traded three times that his name is being mentioned. I don't know. But it's yeah. interesting. E- either way you slice it. Let's go back to the phones as we're asking you at 803-0550 if you think the Bills should make a move at the trade deadline. And if so, what is your thought as to what should be acquired uh, for Buffalo's playoff run here in 2022. We go to Tim in Buffalo next. What do you got for us, Tim? You're on One Bills Live. Uh, this is just a little uh, local trivia. For uh, You guys were talking about candy bars earlier. Okay. Do you, know what, do you know what the Baby Ruth bar, who the Baby Ruth bar was named after? Grover Cleveland's daughter. Oh, my God. I can't believe you knew that. Yeah. Ruthie. Awesome. Um, Good for you. Ruthie, I love it. Ruthie Cleveland. Yeah, they named it after yeah. her because that's right around the time the candy bar was released. Um, and the only reason I know that, and I know my wife is probably out there shaking her head because she tells me I know more useless <laughs> information than you can possibly imagine, and I forget the important stuff, uh, like, you know, taking out the garbage. Anyway, uh, the only reason I knew that and I've told Steve about this because knowing Steve being the foodie that he is, I've told him there is a series called The Food That Made America on the yes. History Channel. It is outstanding. Uh, they have a whole separate series of episodes on candy. And that was mentioned on there. The Baby Ruth Bar was named after Grover Cleveland's daughter, Ruthie, the Baby Ruth. Uh, right after she was born, that candy you bar just came absolutely out. crushed Tim in Buffalo. I'm sorry. Well, that. yeah, I, I, I don't. I didn't mean to ruin his day, but uh, yeah, Ruthie Cleveland, uh, the baby of President Grover Cleveland, was who that candy bar was named after. I guess a lot of people would assume it was named after Babe Ruth, but that is not the case. Right. Although I'm sure Babe Ruth has had had more than a few Baby Ruths in his day, <laughs> knowing the foodie <laughs> that he was. Yeah. So that's yeah. safe to say. Um. In case you are just joining us, there are two deadline day trades that have taken place in the NFL, both of them involving the NFC North, three of the teams in the NFC North to be exact. The Detroit Lions send tight end TJ Hawkinson, their former first round draft choice, to intradivision rival Minnesota uh, in exchange for what they get for him, a second round pick, is that right? I already forgot what they got for him. For Hold Claypool? On. Yes. No, 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 no. For uh, for Hawkinson. That no. was... Hold on, I got it here. Oh, gosh. Here we go. Uh, TJ Hawkinson acquired uh, for a second-round pick in 2023 and a fourth-round pick in 2024 for Hawkinson. So the, the fourth-round pick is a conditional in 2024 from the Vikings. But the second rounder is a lock. So a two and a four to the Lions for Hawkinson. And the Vikings just lost tight end Irv Smith for like 10 weeks to a long-term. That's basically the rest of the regular season. Right. Um, 
high ankle sprain, bad one. And then right after that, the Bears turn around, the wheeling, dealing Bears, (laughs) who have thrown Robert Quinn and Roquan Smith overboard in the last five days, now make an acquisition. They get wide receiver Chase Claypool in exchange for a second-round pick to the Steelers. So, NFC North busy here on deadline day. We'll see if the Packers can get involved before the clock strikes four and deadline is upon us. Yeah, people are, and the Steelers are really willing to make it happen because he has not performed. He's not lived up to expectations. Uh, and, yeah, they just have not gotten the most out of him. And uh, they're, not, they're not alone. I mean, the, the Steelers are kind of probably down on Claypool. He had 10 touchdowns as a rookie last year, so he wasn't completely bereft of talent. But there are people out there saying I, they would never have given a second rounder for Chase Claypool, and I, I don't think you and I would either. I mean, yeah, he. I mean, he he had off the charts measurables at the combine. He's a you know he had a pretty prominent basketball career up in Vancouver, British Columbia. In addition to football, um, I remember when the draft. I think it was a twenty twenty draft choice. In any event. I remember when he was in the draft pool, some of the people's knocks on him were he still plays like a basketball player, not a football player. Yeah, he's not a physical guy, and he's, an, he's now, noted as an underachiever. Now, that being said, he ironically just won angry runs this week from Kyle Brandt um, this past Sunday. Well, here's the thing. Yeah, you can – okay. He probably got talked to about saying, hey, listen, we're looking to trade you because you're soft. And not maybe not in those words. I, w- I would hope not. But he got word that they're going to trade him, and and he knew he knows the word out on him. He knows the word on the street, so he probably went out and said, "See what you can get." And yeah, he doesn't know. play as big as his physical stature. He's I very think. fast. He ran a four three something at and the he, combine. He jumped like forty inches. He's got a huge vertical. Uh, so he checks a lot of boxes except the one that's in the left side of your chest. Mm. So we'll see what happens in Chicago. We'll see. We have to take a break here. When we come back, hour number two of the show will begin with the Hall of Famer, Thurman Thomas, coming up next here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. Live, presented by Kaleida Health. All right, here we are on a Tuesday. One Bills Live, hour number two, begins with Hall of Famer Thurman Thomas joining us here. Thurman Thomas. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you. How are we doing, Thurm? We're doing good. Are you feeling as limber and chipper as you did after the Sunday night game on your way out of the stadium, where your one significant other tweeted your jubilant uh, mood? Uh, yeah. Are you aware of this? Oh, oh, right. oh! Uh, yeah. Well, that's, somebody got up. Yeah, that's that's Except a little that's it. a little therm. What you? That's a little therm. See, I told you he was gonna. Yeah, oh, he dropped his shoe. He dropped his shoe. 
Or that's is, not you. Is that his no, phone? that's not me. That's a little third. I'm walking in. I got my Diggs jersey on. You see that? I'm oh, in yeah. front you're of him. You're yeah. off. I told you he was going to yeah. say it wasn't him. Oh, no. That's you not said, me. I could never get that eye. Hold on And I would second. never do that. Hold on. I'm going to yeah. quote Steve. Okay. Who, after watching this video, said. I said, yeah, he's going to deny his him because I said, no, I know him. That's his shape. <laughs> <laughs> Thurman's the same shape, little, shape as me, <laughs> and he's like 34 years younger. <laughs> yeah, he's just wide and built like that. Well, yeah. I, was, I, had, yeah, I, was, I was kind of wide and built that night, too. I had layers on. <laughs> but I, everybody thought it was you. No, it wasn't. It, wasn't it was me. not you. I would, Could you do that? I saw huh? you. I can saw you do you that? Like, I can do that. I yeah, mean, it would be still about do it. that high, but oh, yeah. yeah. Not <laughs> as much of a vertical. Yeah, not as much as a vertical. No, but I can do that. Okay. I might do it one I day. I can't do that. Uh, okay, write me down for doing that one day. My wife will take the video, too. Yeah. After a playoff game, we'll put it on the oh, camera. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to do a cartwheel after a playoff game. Well, if they win. do what they did against New England last year, people, you wouldn't be the only one doing <laughs> yeah, that. No doubt. Oh, man. That would be pretty good. What, what do you it, think? Yeah, what would you think of Sunday night? Well, I left mid-fourth quarter instead okay. of third quarter. What? Look at you. <laughs> you were convinced there were going to be no more points scored? Yeah, I was convinced. Uh, my, my son, Thurm, was more convinced that we need to stay, you know, to the end of extra the series or extra something. series or whatever. But I was my ready guys, to go. My guys left 43 seconds left. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it was when they it was a typical, to... like, coming after a bye week, kind of rusty. I mean, Josh throwing two interceptions. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what you kind of get after the bye week. But, you know, they're going against Aaron Rodgers, so they had to play well. Uh, yeah. You know, obviously, you know, he's been complaining about his wide receivers not running the same route, running the wrong routes or – Doing different things, but uh, yeah, overall, you know what? I I I think they played well. Uh, defense played well. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, everybody should be happy about it. Get that Green Bay game out of the way at home at night on Sunday night. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, there was, in terms of fan feedback, they didn't they weren't thrilled with the second half when, I don't know, people are arguing they took their foot off the gas up twenty seven ten. Um, some people were annoyed by this is where we are now, Thurman. I know. Like they win the, they beat the they Packers the by ten right, points, exactly. and we still have people <laughs> complaining. Some style points. They uh, well, when the first two home games are forty-one to seven, yeah. and thirty-eight to three, yeah, you get a little. Spoiled. The bar gets moved. Yeah, exactly. Um, I get it. Even though the opponent is, even with all their struggles, is probably still better than those two teams. They were bothered that. The Packers got 230-something yards. Yeah. Now, we didn't play this in the first segment as mm -hmm. planned, but I, I am going to play it for you. If our, I know our control room guys can come up with this fast enough for me. Because we had a comment from Leslie Frazier who explained why the Packers were so successful running the football. Because when mm. the game got to the fourth quarter, Leslie Frazier was, and the rest of his defense was fully expecting – the Packers to start throwing the yeah, ball, yeah, and they never right. did. And they never did. So here yeah. is Coach Frazier's yeah. explanation for the defensive strategy, um, and hopefully you can hear some of this. I know you don't have an earpiece, yeah. but we're going to play it for our listeners as to why Coach Frazier stayed in the nickel defense and played pass, even though the Packers were running the football. It's a good observation because uh, there were moments in my mind, uh, especially early in the fourth quarter with the uh, lead that we had, I was thinking this is going to be more pass, 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 but they were still running it. So, you know, you got to make a decision on 
on defense, what are you going to try to defend? And uh, they had some success, credit to them. Uh, but in the, in, in the, at, at the end of the day, it's about getting a win. Uh, statistically, you know, we didn't get what we wanted from a, from the run defense standpoint, but still only allowing 17 points, Jay. I mean, usually if you allow 17 points in a game, your chances of winning are, are pretty high in our league. Uh, so, you know, you don't like to give up those yards, but at the end of the day, it's about points. And that's not the only defensive coach on this roster that said that. We've right. heard John Butler, the secondary coach, mm -hmm. in a huddle on the sidelines saying, we don't care about yards, we care about points. Yeah. Um, that was on display Sunday yeah. night with the defense. Yeah. yeah 238 rushing yards, yeah, but only 17 <laughs> points. Yeah. Hey, you know what? You win with what's out on the football field. You do the best you possibly can to live another day. Now, me being as a running back, you know, I would have been happy being on Green Bay side getting 238 yards rushing. But, you know, on the flip side of that, still losing the football. So, were you, a football game. Were you surprised? Because Steve and I were talking about this yesterday, and a lot of fans were surprised by it too. The approach of Green Bay down 17 points. It's a three-score game. Yeah, yeah. And they kept – running the ball. You can't yeah. score fast enough unless you bust a 60-yarder. Yeah, I, I mean, when they were running the ball like that, I mean, the first thing that came to my mind was like almost like kind of like Super Bowl 25 where they just wanted to run the ball, run the ball, manage third down, mm -hmm. take some time off the clock, not give our offense that many opportunities yeah, to, to score, to yeah. throw. Uh, because, I mean, this is a – striking fast offense that we have kind of out of sync a little bit, but mm -hmm. you know, to limit their chances, you know, if you can limit those chances from having 10 series to maybe seven or eight. Well, that's a great strategy to have when you're tied on yeah, the scoreboard. When you're tied on the scoreboard. Scores, yeah. How do you win playing yeah, that I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, but, you know, I was kind of glad that they were kind of running the ball, I guess. So, I, I, I <laughs> yeah, really – it was, it was kind of – yeah, I mean, I was sitting there kind of like they're down and they're running the football. The and they got Aaron Rodgers. Right. Like, and the they got Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, it's not like so, you got Jacoby Brissett. Like, and that's why they're having problems. So, I, I really don't know. Yeah. Uh, and like Leslie Fra Coach Frazier said, you know what? Hey, they got the W. They got the W, and I'm sure teams are going to look at that. I mean, they're probably still looking at the mm -hmm. uh, the result that New England had when they came back here last year and ran the ball right down our throat or whatever. So uh, I think this is uh, this football team has a different mentality than that. I mean, you with adding Von Miller and all the other pieces that they have on this football team, yeah, I know it's something that the defensive players do not did not want to happen with Green Bay getting uh, rushing for over 200 yards. But you know what? A win is a win, and uh, you move on from there. I guarantee you. You know what? I hate that Bryce Hall is Bryce Hall is not playing. For He's Jets, out for yeah. the Jets. Yeah, because you probably could have seen a lot of dosage of him come this week. Well, and they're gonna. You better believe the Jets are gonna try to use some of the same run game concepts that the sure. Packers used against the Bills there and their nickel defense because. We know the copycat league that it is, so the Bills got to get that corrected for this week. Yeah, but I think well, there's a I, difference there. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers, well, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Zach Jones. Wilson. Yeah, there's, they're not the same. It may be yeah. they're the not Bills the may have just the opposite, the absolute Dude. opposite of the game plan. They may say, "All right, now let's see you throw." They were said, "Okay, well, you can run it if you want, but we're keeping five guys deep. We're keeping the lid on it because you have twelve. And if against the Jets, they may say, "Oh, we're going single high against you. You're not yeah. going to run it. Let's see you beat us with a pass." It might be just the opposite of that. Yeah. I think one of the things about this Green Bay can and we talked about this yesterday too. 
obviously Green Bay didn't get the memo. If you're going to beat Kansas City, if you're going to beat Buffalo, you got to score. You got to score. You got to right. score gotta points score. a lot. It's a race. You got to keep up. You got to keep up. Yeah. And if you don't do that or do the things it takes to do that, you're you're going to lose and lose yeah, decisively. Yeah. Um, and that's what happened. Yeah. I think the I think the big thing about you know this game coming up against the Jets is that the Jets got a pretty good defense. Top ten I mean, defense. Yeah. I mean, I, I watched some of the game the other night, the other day, and. Quentin Williams is a beast. Oh, he's playing. He is playing like really. Good. I mean, he's all playing almost football. like all pro. Like yep. could be like I wouldn't say defensive player of the year, but he's he's up there. He was a top five pick, and he's exactly. finally and living he's, up to it. He's finally living up to it. He's finally getting some players around it. And I'm gonna tell you something that a Jet defense is like you said they're top ten, but they got some players over there. Yes, yeah, so the, yeah. they got a got a nice defense. But yeah. here's the thing: the Jets defense. They're 11th in points per game. The Bills are number one. Jets defense, they're sixth in yards per game. Bills are third. The Jets are ninth at allowing 108 yards rushing per game. The Bills are fourth. The Jets are... Even after a 238-yard rushing day by the Packers. (laughs) The Jets are tied for fourth in the league with interceptions. They have nine. The Bills are number one. They got like 12. Right. Jets are ninth in takeaways. The Bills are fourth. Jets are ninth with 21 sacks. Bills are ninth with 21 sacks. Well, the, if you look at the Jets and their defense, yeah. they're doing a lot of copycatting of the Bills. Their defense was giving up a ton of points, a ton of yards in year one under Sala last year. What did they do in the offseason? They signed two veteran safeties yeah. to settle down the back two, end, yeah. and they drafted the two Defensive linemen, yeah. pass rushers, yeah. interior guys in free agency. They're building their defense in a similar fashion to that of Buffalo. And second year uh, of Josh Allen, they went out and got a boatload of offensive linemen to protect the quarterback in New York, just like the Bills did in 2019. Yeah. So they're trying to copy the team that's been the class of the division the last three years. Right. And they're doing it with – mitigating success yeah. because the quarterback it hasn't clicked in for him yet but going back, will it will it click in for him i don't know that it will there's i i don't think it will i got buddies down in new york and they're texting me saying they want to they are, they want to put Flacco back in. Flacco's the three. He's not even the backup. Mike yeah, White's Mike the backup. White. Remember White's that kid the last year? Yes, yeah, that's he had that right. one big game. Everybody thought he was the second yeah, down in the quarterback. Yeah, yeah. They want to put Flacco back in the oh game because he started early in the year when Zach Wilson was hurt. Yeah. Quick thing though, Therm, yeah. um, going back to the Bills game on Sunday night. James Cook gets a little bit more time on the field, makes yeah. a couple of big notable plays. Absolutely. Here is Coach McDermott's comment yesterday when he addressed the media. He was asked about James Cook's production and where it could go from here. Here is head coach Sean McDermott. I want to know what you think of this. Yeah, you know, he, he got off to a uh, to a normal, I would say, rookie start where, you know, there's there was some highs, there were some lows. And, um you know, I, I applaud James the way he he pushed through it and the way his teammates really helped him as well to get through some of those some of those tougher moments. And um, that's all that's all the journey of, of an NFL player, though. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I, I think what he's done best is he's his practice habits have improved and then he's carried that over to games, which means um, which is how you do it. Right. I mean, very few players can practice one way and expect to play another. 
and uh, and I and I think he's starting to understand how every little every little detail um, uh, matters, and that the the results come from the margins. It's such a such a close and highly competitive game that we play and coach that you've got to be on your game every week and you got to practice that way and you got to prepare that way. So that's a pretty long answer yeah. on James Cook. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's it's pretty telling. Like, there's a way that the daily operation works here. Yeah. And you better have 100% buy-in to the daily practice, practice. regimen, <laughs> which is compete <laughs> yes. at a high level at practice so the game is easy. Yeah. And it looks like that's finally clicked in for James Cook. What do you think? Could lay on the horizon I, for him now that he's bought in and the coaches recognize that he's bought in. And that's probably why you won't see any running backs get traded here, I think. I know we still got a couple of hours or whatever, I, but I, 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 I love so. what Sean McDermott said. His practice habits have gotten better. I mean, you go through training camp. I talked to Brandon Bean like, oh, my God, I can't wait to see this kid play. And all of a sudden, his first carry, you know, he's back. Yeah, and not being put in the game, but yeah. his practice habits have gotten better. And like Sean McDermott said, you know, you got to go out there and compete. I mean, he's a rookie. He's a rookie. He's third in line behind Singletary and behind Zach Moss. So you're not getting a lot of reps. So yeah. if you get three, he wasn't reps, on Sunday night. Yeah, right. Though. If you get three reps, you better be. It better be three great reps. Okay. Yeah. 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 You have to make an observation for people to be like, oh, oh, you see what he just did. Every time you go out to practice, yeah. and he's a young player, and I'm sure he'll he'll gain that confidence as the season goes on. And I'm great that I'm glad that Sean McDermott did say that about him because I, I do see him being a big part of this offense going forward. Yeah. I, I really do. I mean, yeah, it may take some time, or what, but we're six and one without him doing really yeah. too much of anything. And now mm -hmm. he's in position now to where you know what? Let's maybe get him the ball a little bit more. Let, yeah. Let's do something with him. And I think that we're at that time of the year where you know what. The Jets haven't seen him, and we'll be seeing more then. You know what? So I, I love the, I love the acquisition. I, I mean, I love the the, the way that uh, they've handled him. Uh, I thought it was a great draft pick. But I think now coming into the second part, almost the second part of the season, we need to see more of him because I'm yeah. waiting to see it. Because I, yeah. I think the kid can be special. I, yeah, I really I'll say do. This, though, and James and, and Singletary, what, he's in his last year of contract. I think we talked about that right. a couple of years ago. If you sign him or don't sign him, you have to have a replacement. And I think this guy is that guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, here's the thing, too, that nobody wants to see, particularly a young player, nobody wants to see a young player coast through practice. No, not at um, all. It's, you've, that's the point of your career where you're most excited about being a part of it. And if you can't turn it up for that, they question everything about your game, yeah. your heart, your commitment, how important it is to you. Everything comes into question. So he's, for a couple of months now, he's been working to prove that it does mean a lot to him and he is going to contribute. He's going to yeah. be there when they call on him and he's going to put in the work that everybody else is putting in. Yeah. Uh, you don't, this is not college football where you, <laughs> if you're gifted, you get to, you play. Yeah. You got to earn, you got to prove that you're working hard enough to play ahead of somebody else because everybody's gifted. I mean, so. When you look at though him, though, and I know the observation, Sean McDermott, everybody sees him at practice every single day. I mean, like, what is hard enough? I mean, he's a very smooth young man. I mean, he runs like he's he not glides. running. He, he glides. glides. Yeah. Like, so it's kind of hard to determine, like, what's, what's harder? 
I mean, what does he have to do? Is he making mistakes at practice? Yeah, it might be. I mean, because he's, he's a low key dude. He's, right, he's a low so key. So maybe he that his low key, low key added. I don't think right. anybody knows if he has right. teeth. Right. He never smiles. <laughs> his low key, his low key vibe may translate as like slow key or right. dis- or disinterest. You know? Right? Yeah, or yeah. disinterest. Or, or, I mean, because he's playing with. I Josh can see that happening. I, I don't know. Though, I, I think mean, they're on it. I but you know, you think about it's like. He don't say much. He, he don't really say much. Well, no, he's that I, excited. I think the root of it is this. As Coach McDermott said, his practice habits have improved. He's embraced what is expected of players here when they step on the practice field. People that come here from other teams, they notice it immediately. Right. There is a competitive edge on the practice field because that's what the coach demands. Uh, it says it right on the door when they walk out. Compete. They want them to compete on the practice field. So games are easy. And if they don't see that from the player, I don't think they trust them to give it to them in a game. If I can't trust you to compete on our practice field during right. the week, yeah. why should I trust you on the game field when it matters even more? Yeah. And I think until he's convinced of that, and you could say this at any level of sports, the number one thing that gets you playing time is convincing your coach he can trust you out there. Oh, absolutely. That is the number one quality you should have as an athlete if you want to actually play on game day. Yeah. And I think Cook has realized that, and yeah. hopefully it and means like more. Said, he's a rookie. Come on. I, we're putting a lot of pressure on the kid. I mean, yeah. and, and I know. I mean, because, you know, he's looking at Steph Diggs. He's looking at Josh, you know. But he's looking at the running backs group that he's in right now, and 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 – and do they are, are they doing the same thing? I know mean, how are they practicing? Yeah, you know, I, I think right. a lot of that goes into it because this is my little group right here, running backs, and you know I'm pretty much doing the same thing that they're doing. But what do I need to change? What do I need to make difference? Right. Uh, yeah, I'm a difference maker because I, I think he can run the ball very very well. But I think what separates him that I think and I hope that they are working on is getting him the ball in passing situations. I think that's – Yeah, like the 41 yard the other right. night. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's vital for this offense. He's if a big he can, play element. If he, he can take it to the house anywhere. Hey, he runs he a 4 4 two. He can take it to the house. I mean, we talked about it in the Miami game, I think. Mm-hmm. We thought it was yeah, him Zach, instead of Zach yeah. Moss, right? And if it was him, it would have been It would have been game. a six. So, yeah, I you know what? I'm excited. We got a lot of games left uh, to play this season, but I do think if he continues on that next level – that uh, we will be talking about him very highly at the end of the season. We've got another trade that has happened. Steelers again, after sending Chase Claypool to Chicago, they have now acquired cornerback William Jackson from the Commanders. They were looking to throw him overboard after signing. (laughs) Trade alert! Um, They're looking to improve their secondary, and William Jackson may not help them right away. He's from what we hear, he's dealing with a back injury, but Washington's looking to unload the contract. They signed him to a free agent deal just last year, mm-hmm. $46.5 million, and for whatever reason, he's not working out there. So the Steelers are like, yeah, we'll take it because they're getting crushed on the back end defensively, especially right. with no pass rush with so, T.J. Watt still out of the line. So the thing about the Chase Claypool trade, mm-hmm. 10 touchdowns last year. Yep. Not really doing too much this no, year, and but I mean, come on, Mr. Trubisky, Trubisky, Kenny Pickett. 
So you're I saying mean, you're not getting an accurate exactly, maximizing getting, of Claypool exactly. with those guys. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I, here's what I think. Okay. What, what do they you think? They see in Claypool what we see have been – or what uh, James Cook's been Season criticized for okay. here. Um, a little bit of a – Oh, boy. A little bit of an I'm – I am I can get through this. I'm better than these guys, so I'm just going to be here, and I'll, they'll put me in the bench. We got another trade alert. Oh, Miami boy. is all in, guys. They just got Bradley Chubb, the pass rusher from Denver. In a oh. trade that includes a 2023 first-round pick that Miami acquired from San Francisco. Oh. So the Dolphins, who have had to blitz an awful lot just to generate a pass rush, yeah. may now have one. Now that they've got Bradley Chubb, who was said to be the biggest pass-rushing talent wow. in the trade market that was available. So the Dolphins give up a one next year <clears throat> for Bradley Chubb, who was the fifth overall pick in the draft, and the main reason why Josh Allen was available in the 2018 and draft yeah, for the Bills is right because now. Denver no, took Denver Chubb took five. Chubb. Right now, yeah. they're saying at least a number one pick. So they may. Be, it's a package yeah, that includes may, the, the first rounder. Yeah. Right. There may be there may be more included in that pick going either way. That's. Uh, so the Dolphins are serious about where they want to go, and they're trying to catch us. That's what well, they are, and they yeah. know their pass rush yeah. isn't up to snuff. Right. Yeah. And they're going to school on what has been Buffalo's shortcomings in the playoffs the last couple of years. They didn't have a closer have to a close closer. out games. Yeah. They go and get Von Miller, and now they get Von Miller's former teammate, well, Bradley Chubb. Bradley Chubb. But can he be that guy that can close him out, though? Remember when he was closing out, he had Von Miller on the side, too. Yeah. There it is. So, it's a 23 first-round pick, which is San Francisco's pick that Miami got. Yep. A 2024 fourth-round pick. And they got – And running back Chase Edmonds. Edmund. From Miami, Denver loses Bradley Chubb and a 2025 fifth-round pick. A fifth-round pick in three years? I do not care. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently neither does George Patton, the GM of the Broncos. Yeah, I mean, you know, this coach and this GM may not be around to to harvest that, but there you go. That's a a big acquisition. That is. is. That's right up there with a the Roquan Smith acquisition that Bradley the Ravens Chubb, got. Bradley Chubb checks some boxes. So the AFC yeah. race has teams feeling they've got to improve to keep pace with the Bills and the Chiefs. Right. I mean, that's Do what these tra- – like Roquan Smith yeah. goes to the Ravens, big-time linebacker for their front seven. Dolphins get Bradley Chubb. You Do, know? We, do we need anybody? I don't. We were I was saying earlier, get some safety, safety depth yeah. if you don't know how long Poyer's going to be out because all you have behind Jaquan Johnson and Demar Hamlin is Cam Lewis. But if they can who get, just got moved to safety from corner, it's new position to him. There's not a lot of depth there. So I was suggesting to Steve, have the Bills go get Dean Marlowe, who used to be here. Oh yeah, that backup safety kid. Oh, he's yeah. younger than both those. He's guys. younger than Poyer and Hyde. He's thirty years old and he's playing for Atlanta right now. Maybe flip a late round pick and right. get him back in here. Wolf's been the diagnosed with Poyer. We don't know yet. We don't know uh, yet. Coach was okay. asked yesterday. Okay. Said we're still evaluating. You know, is it day to day? Is it week to week? I mean, <laughs> if he's going to miss this week, next week, you got division games coming up here. You got to. I would tell you, but I'm not. Okay. <laughs> I got you. Fair enough. Um, boy is my boy. <laughs> but, well, but we've got we've got one. You got I mean, you got five division games left. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're in good spot at six and one, but the all the hay is not in the barn yet. You got ten games to play here. Yeah. So yeah, you gotta <laughs> 
you got to figure some things out in terms of who you're going to have and what your roster looks like and if you feel you need to tweak it in any way, shape, or form. It's a deep roster, but deep if roster. there's one place where it's not deep, right now it's probably safety because Safe. you don't have because Hyde the, the rest of the year, yeah. and we don't know what's going on with Poyer. Yeah. So yeah. that's that. All good. Thurm, thanks for coming in. We appreciate it. Always good to see you. Always great to see you guys. Uh, We will catch up with you next week. All righty. That's Thurman Thomas, the Hall of Famer, joining us here on One Bills Live. We're back in a moment. Stay tuned. All right, welcome back to One Bills Live. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you. And as we mentioned earlier on the show, November is Native American Heritage Month here in the NFL, celebrating Native American heritage across the league and here to help us and kind of discuss some of his roots and the legacy of indigenous peoples here in western New York is Buffalo Bandits defenseman Frank Brown joining us on the show. Frank, how you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, uh, thank you guys for having me, and uh, happy Indigenous Peoples Month. Yeah, yeah. thanks. And you're kind of the coolest of all because you're you're doing it all right here in Western New York. You're a native here. You you grew up here. Your roots are here. Your family's here. The whole nine yards, and you're playing professional sports here. That doesn't happen very often. It's got to be pretty cool for you and your family. Oh yeah, I mean. Um, you know, I, I, um, I kind of get tired of saying it, but not really, you know, it's a dream come true. You know, I think, um, growing up in Western New York, you know, the Buffalo area, you know, the, um, the sports culture doesn't really get overwhelmed by the big city element. You know what I mean? I think Buffalo itself is kind of synonymous with, you know, their sports teams. Right. And so, you know, in Buffalo, we got the Bills and Buffalo, we got the Sabres and in Buffalo, we got the Bandits. You know, that's how I was raised, you know, and that's, you know, like what I obsessed over, you know, throughout my childhood, you know, and, and, and to be able to be in the position that I'm in now, you know, playing for the Bandits, you know, at home, you know, it, it really is a dream come true. For for those of our listeners and viewers who, you know, may not be wholly familiar with your history, you know, maybe just kind of shed some light and, you know, kind of give a shout out to your hometown here in Western New York and kind of where you came up. Yeah. So I am from Salamanca, New York. It is the Allegheny Indian uh, reservation, you know, territory, whatever you want to call it. You know, I was born and raised. I'm a enrolled member of the Seneca Nation, the Turtle Clan. And uh, yeah, um, you know, uh, one thing unique um to you know the communities in this area you know in western new york you know the seneca communities and Keteragus and allegheny is you know we're all multi-sport athletes you know um the game of lacrosse obviously originates you know from the haudenosaunee people you know as a, a game given to our people you know as uh you know as, as a means for joy you know as a means for you know alternative um, you know, conflict resolution, you know, it's called the little brother of war because, you know, at some point, you know, our peoples realized that, 
you know, fighting wasn't the answer, you know, whether there, there's, there's more sophisticated, you know, means of conflict resolution, you know, and that's where the game of the cross came from. You know, it's, you know, what, what we say in our communities is that you play the game for those that cannot, you know, because it, it, it's, it's supposed to be, you know, healing for our community. It's supposed to bring joy, you know, like the passion that you put into it, you know, the joy that you get out of it, it's all spread. It's all, you know, a melting pot of um, this cosmic energy, you know, and, 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 and it's great, you know, to be playing, you know, in a city like Buffalo, where, like I said, you know, uh, sports fandom is, is just as common as, 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 as anything else, you know, in, in Western New York. Yeah. It's interesting too, as I, as I read your, your piece and the articles that have been written about it, what give us an insight is certainly, um, you know, Native American culture and, and this month is also kind of important, but give us some insight as to, you know, what it can mean for your community. Um, you know, I think one thing about, uh, the reservation, you know, is that not a lot of people from outside of it knows, you know, what it's like within it, you know? And I think, you know, that works, you know, the opposite way as well. You know, not a lot of people within it, you know, are really too concerned with, you know, what goes on outside of it, you know? And, and, and when you consider, you know, um, a fan base like Buffalo, you know, like you can really overlook just how much, you know, these teams mean to our communities, you know, and, and, uh, you know, just how much of these fan bases are made up of people within our communities, Yeah, you know? So, yeah, I, I just, you know, I think um, the efforts by the Bills and One Buffalo to, you know, um, acknowledge and promote, you know, this occasion is, is really important because it opens the door to, 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 to see, you know, just how relevant, you know, um, the Buffalo, the, the, the bills, the savers and the bandits are in our communities. Right. Yeah. No question, Frank. And, you know, you said something that kind of caught my ear earlier. And as I'm hearing you speak, like, I feel like you're, you're choosing your words carefully because this is an important subject for you. And, you know, whether and I'm sure you're well aware of it, you're kind of a torchbearer for this kind of awareness. Um, And I I can tell just by the way you're talking, you take it very seriously. You You realize the importance of it. But I think the thing that caught my ear that you said was that, yeah, there are natural connections between lacrosse and indigenous peoples because of the history of the sport is tied directly, you know, to indigenous peoples. But you said it's other sports, too, now. And how can the NFL, now fully aware of making this an initiative and the importance of making an initiative, how do we create that overlap that, you know, you had just said really isn't there yet between people that live on reservations that don't really concern themselves with what goes on outside and vice versa? How do we how does this initiative maybe help with some of that overlap to maybe make each side more familiar with one another yeah just conversations like this man you know i think um you know you don't know about something until you experience it right right so the idea of frank brown a defenseman for the bandits he's from the reservation you know it's just like people's imaginations could go anywhere with that yeah. right 
you know, and, and, and so being able to, you know, have this platform at my disposal and have a conversation, you know, uh, with you guys and, and be relatable about a lot of things that, you know, everyone else, you know, in Western New York cares about. It's really important. Yeah. What is the biggest misconception the people who don't live inside the reservation have about what it's, life is like there? Um, geez. Um, you know, so there's, uh, God, I guess, um, I, I guess, you know, within Western New York, they have, you know, a vague understanding, you know, I think, you know, uh, like the generic, you know, um, misconception is that, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of lawless you know, on, on the reservation, which is like not the case, you know, we're, we're a sovereign tribe, you know, which, which means that we have the right to identify and govern ourselves separate from, you know, some things that might apply on a state and a federal level. But, um, at the same time, you know, we do have, you know, our own, um, you know, structure infrastructure when it comes to, you know, legislation, you know, when it comes to, you know, um, law enforcement, you know, all these things, you know, so I think that is, is, is one, you know, kind of on the surface kind of misconception that I've experienced the most when it comes to, you know, people within Western New York, you know, but people outside of Western New York, you know, you'd be surprised how many people that I've experienced, you know, that have really no, you know, understanding that native Americans even exist, you know, so being in Buffalo, you know, we, we obviously, um, you know, one Buffalo has, uh, their partnership with our, our tribes casinos, you know, and, and our tribes casino, our tribes casinos is, you know, I think the biggest employer in Western New York. So, you know, everyone around here has an understanding that, yeah, these, these, these tribes exist, you know, these people are here, but you'd be surprised out in the world how, how, how often that's not the case. Yeah. Well, listen, Frank, we, uh, appreciate you shining a light on it with us here today uh, as Native American Heritage Month kick, kicks off here in November. And I'm, I'm confident the Seneca Nation is proud of uh, how you represent them as a, a member of the Bandits. So we appreciate the time. And we should remind everybody, Bandits single-game tickets now available at Ticketmaster.com. We appreciate it, Frank. Thanks for the time. Thanks, Frank. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, good luck this season. That's Frank Brown, defenseman for the Buffalo Bandits as we kick off Native American Heritage Month here in the NFL. And uh, Frank, certainly an outstanding representative on that front. Uh, Salamanca native, Seneca Nation native as well. But we will take a break here. Steve and I to close things up here on Trade Deadline Day on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. Want to join Josh Allen on Kyle Brandt's basement starting Tuesday, November 1st. That's today through the month of November. Fans who purchase Bill's Mafia sauces or rubs at Wegmans with their Shoppers Club membership will be entered to join Josh on Kyle's podcast in December. And don't forget, proceeds from Bill's Mafia sauces and rubs go directly to the Patricia Allen Fund at Oshai Children's Hospital. Pretty cool deal. Could be a guest, uh, make a guest appearance with Josh and Kyle. So, uh, 
Good stuff. Head down to Wegmans, get some Bill's Mafia sauces. And uh, who knows? You could be on with those two. Pretty cool deal. Uh, we wanted to uh, mention it's trade deadline day. Some stuff's happened, including in the division. Bradley Chubb, Steve, pass rusher, goes to Miami, a team that only had 15 sacks and was doing a lot of blitzing to generate pressure. Now they have Bradley Chubb on one side and former first-round pick Jalen Phillips on the other. They're loading up. They want to be a contender in the AFC. The Bills have seen Jalen Phillips already, so that's not new. But, yeah, Bradley Chubb is a difference. And and you know what, though? They've got Vaughn Miller on their team who knows him very well. And uh, he'll be able to give a a good heads-up to guys like Deion Dawkins and -hmm. and Kessenberry or Spencer Brown, whoever it may be. So – they'll have a handle on what he's capable of. Plus, they, they, they've got film study as well. So, a lot of stuff going on. I, you know, you think you always feel like you're being left out if you don't make a trade like this, and all these teams feel like they've gotten better. Um, I'm still thinking the team that is the team to beat plays at high mark. So, um, no matter what the Dolphins did with Bradley Chubb or whatever, and the, Bra- and the Dolphins will have to pay him to keep him because – they don't yeah. want to just rent him, so it'll be interesting. As Albert Breer has uh, pointed out on Twitter, the Dolphins got three first-rounders back in the deal with the 49ers when the 49ers traded up to take Trey Lance last year. Miami has since traded all of those picks. They, they packaged the 21 pick to get Jalen Waddell, the 22 pick for Tyreek Hill, and now the 23 pick to Bradley Chubb. So no more extra draft capital. They're loading up on players. Well, we'll see. That'll do it for today. Steve and I will be back with you tomorrow when the Bills are back on the practice field. We'll see you at 1 p.m.